up, Internet? You're tuned to episode 116 of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. Hello, Steve. It's a weird one. This week is all... We're recording on a Saturday. We've never done that before. We recorded After Dark on Thursday. It's a whole... It's a whole, it's a whole odd week. It's backwards week, yeah. It's a, it's a strange yeah. one. I feel a little bit uneasy because I'm used to recording the main show now at like mid-afternoon. And I said to Macaulay, I'm recording at, at 10 tomorrow. And Macaulay was like, what? You're recording again? You've like recorded every day this week. I was like, no, no, no. I recorded and streamed and had a meeting. And now I'm, <laughs> you know, I usually record on Sundays, but because of Mother's Day, I'm recording tonight. So, yeah, they were a bit of miffed because they planned to play a game with a friend. But I said, it's fine. You can play after. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry for this absolute ridiculous week. Uh, but I think it's it's appropriate because this week on the show, we have a very weird week of content, right? There is no Nintendo news. We are almost exclusively talking about Xbox this week, which has never happened before. Uh, so it's it's an odd week and an odd episode, but I think I can guarantee a good episode. So yeah. you, you take that one to the bank. And if you disagree, you let me know, and then, you know, we'll have words. But uh, if this is your first time joining us, welcome to the podcast, LootPots.com, LootPots.com's weekly video game podcast, where Steve and I get together and talk about what we're playing, what's going on in the world of video games, and how we feel about every single one of those things. If you want to get it, it's wherever you get your podcasts every Monday. You know, you can, of course, get more content from us all around the web, wherever you get your video game content. We're there doing some for you. On Thursdays, we're streaming over on twitch.tv slash lootpots, where last week we played a little bit of Splatoon 2, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, you can go there if you want to come spend some time with us, game with us. Um, you, know, you can come join our games like a bunch of members of the community did this week. It's a great way to come connect with us and get a little bit of extra content. But if you want to go, you know, the best way to get some extra content, you head over to Patreon. Patreon.com slash LootPods, where for just a buck, you can get access to After Dark, our patron-exclusive show, where Steve and I this week talked about... What do we talk about, Steve? Do you remember? Mainly your band stuff and, like, your oh, plans yeah. and how, like, sounds of albums change and things, you know? Like, the, yeah, how the yeah. sound of the band progresses over time. And how there's only, like, one member of Paramore left, but not really. But sort <laughs> of, Yeah. <laughs> If you want to listen to us talk about Paramore and how albums get made, great episode, only a dollar. Uh, plus, you'll get you know upwards of 80-plus hours of other content uh, where we talk about whatever else was on our minds that week that didn't have to do with uh, video games. Um, so, yeah, go check that stuff out. Great way to show your support and get a little bit of extra loot pots in your, uh, in your feed every week. Um, but, yeah, that's enough shilling for now. Let's just hop into uh, what we've been playing this week. For me, I'm, I'm still kind of treading water. Like, I have been really tired lately and not sleeping super well haven't had a ton of energy to play games so i've mostly just been uh re-watching steven universe with my uh fiance sarah in my in my downtime um but we did stream some some splatoon 2 on thursday this week and uh i had an absolute blast Me i too. every time i play that game i remember how much i like it and how okay. much well, I, re while you remember that how much you like it go and play yeah, yeah, yeah. some ranked matches please so next okay. time we play we can all play in league what rank do i have to get to b minus b minus right? yeah it's not that okay. difficult it's just one whole rank so you have to go up to c c plus and then you're there maybe i'll go do that after this okay i'll give i'll give it a shot yeah sarah's take... away so i'm i've got a you oh, know empty easy. house yeah yeah sit there and 
grind it out tonight. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I uh, I don't know. It's it's a game that like I I wish I committed to more because I really do have fun with it whenever I play with it. So I I, I got to try to work it into the rotation. Yeah, I, I think if you'd had a group of friends who were solidly into it when mm-hmm. it first came out, like I did, you probably would have gone like deep into it. Oh yeah, we're gonna 100%. do it, man. Splatoon three Splatoon is gonna 3. be the one. The squad, we're gonna we're gonna take it take it over, man. But I I just want to say I had a great time with Splatoon two, especially when I managed to defeat Chewy. Not. And it wasn't just once, you know, it was a couple of times I managed to splat Chewie, which which may not sound like a big deal to anyone, but Chewie is an X-rank player who could quite easily enter competitions, but is too, uh, he's like, uh, too noble. He's like quite <laughs> humble and like, he doesn't want to admit that he's a good player. He's, every time yeah. we say, it's like, are you good enough to be in competitions? No, I'm not that great. But like, then he goes and gets 21 splats in a single match. And that's in like, that's two minutes. In two minutes, he gets 21 <laughs> splats. It's like insane. We had this one match where um, me and uh, and one of our Patreon supporters who was playing with us, Zade, was, uh, we were on a team with like another, I think it was two randoms, but it might've been another one of the people we were playing with. I think it might've been Nina. And Chewie was just camping the spawn zone and just killing us. Just Zade was just getting absolutely so annoyed. It was so funny. Decimating <laughs> us. Well, and that's the thing is like, I never even like am annoyed to the point where I'm like, oh, this is cheap. Or It's just like, you're just so much better than me. You know, like it's just, it's, it, I think I made this joke on the stream where I was like, I feel like I'm just like a regular dude trying to go like one-on-one with like LeBron James, you know, like it's just, it's just embarrassing. <laughs> But yeah, I did I did splat Chewy once or twice, and that is a, a pretty powerful You just feeling. feel so satisfying. And I, I said, I, I made the comparison. It's like if you were in a match of Fortnite, and then all of a sudden it's like you killed Ninja. Killed Ninja. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, the funny thing is like, you know, of course we're streaming it, right? And Chewy would be like watching my screen, and he was like giving me advice. And I remember the first time I killed him, he's like, oh, look, you did it. Like you did the thing that I told you to do. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm learning. <laughs> Yeah, because you mainly played with a roller, and yeah. and you learned so much from him. Like the fact that there's two different types you could do. If you jump and do it, it does like mm-hmm. one type of splash. Whereas if you do, and you're just running. You just do an, another type of splash. And he uses the bucket, and he got me to try that out. And I'm like, you know what? I like this bucket. It's it took some getting used to. It's a much different play style than the I don't roller, like the bucket. Like- I'm all about the guns. I really, really love the guns in that game. I don't like the way they feel. Really? Yeah. Something about them. I, I I was originally using the dualies, I think, and I was. I just don't. Like, I see. I'm not a massive fan of the troops because they don't have enough power, so it's quite difficult to attack someone with them. But they do spray quite a lot. I like the one that looks like a giant megaphone. I can't remember the name of it, but I like that one. The Splushomatic is good. Actually, I do remember. I like the one that looks like the NES Zapper, but just because it looks like the NES Zapper, not you know. There's like three of those gun. now. There's the Famicom wow. Zapper. The original NES app of the like orange one and then the one that came out later on that was just like all gray and they've all got different um like boots uh like um different bombs or different power-ups that you you get with them that's cool but yeah I don't know I kind of want to stream more of it like I know we got to get back to Zelda but I kind of want to do it again this week and I'm up for doing it again. I mean, we can always do, maybe we do two streams or maybe we just held Zelda off. I mean, we've got a whole year to fill and that game I don't think is that long. 
no, we're 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 like a good chunk in now. You know, yeah. like we're almost through the first part of the game. See, so I want to eke it out because it's the thirty fifth anniversary of Zelda. That's you know that's this year's thing. yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So we'll probably have more to talk about with Splatoon. Yeah. In the months to come, I'm sure, as I'm getting more into it and uh, <laughs> Splatoon 3 is on the horizon. Um, but I know uh, you also were playing a little bit of Two Point Hospital this week again. Because you said I you kind of had that, that management sim Yeah. Itch. Well, I really, really wanted to play Littlewood after Chewie told us about it on the show a couple of weeks ago. And I mentioned last week that it's just not available in Europe and it's still not available in Europe. Despite it this week launching in Canada, Mexico and Australia... It's still not been approved in Europe, so I'm still waiting. I'm hoping that it's this week. Uh, but in the meantime, I, I picked up Two Point Hospital again. Um, the Jumbo Edition came out this week, which I don't have, but I could get the DLC to get it. And I just wanted to, something to play. So I was playing Two Point Hospital before, and then I ended up in hospital, and it kind of lost its allure. I was like, yeah, don't, don't really want to play a game about hospitals when I'm in hospital. It wasn't very fun. Remember when that happened to me with uh, Resident <laughs> Evil 2 last year? Where I'm yeah. like, oh, this is this got very real all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, it's like, this, this feels like real life. So I, I, I stopped playing Two Point Hospital when I ended up in hospital. But I picked it back up again. I've restarted my career and I forgot how fun that game is. It really is a spiritual successor to Theme Hospital. So if you've never played it and you really liked Theme Hospital, the Bullfrog Productions game back in the day, you'll love Two Point Hospital. Uh, and I really hope they expand upon Two Point Hospital and add more games into like the Two Point universe. A Two Point Park would be great, like a Theme Park successor. Or other games in a similar vein would be great. I, I just really love Management Sims and it's just such a goofy one. The fact that you have like people walking around with light bulbs for heads and they have to go into this machine that the game is like designed to unscrew the light bulb off his head and replace it and stuff. And they're just the voiceover so goofy. Everything about it is just a really fun, uh, lighthearted approach to a management sim. But there are still those in-depth screens if you want to go into the nitty-gritty. You can manage all aspects like salary. You could go in and change like the heating bills. You can change all sorts of stuff. You can charge different prices for drugs. And you just have to weigh up all of those pros and cons. Like if I put the price of this up, it may deter some people, that kind of thing. Uh, but it's a really fun game and I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Nice. I, you know, I know you're a big fan of it. I'd love to talk more about it, but I'm not going to lie to you. I really want to skip to the next game on your list. Yeah. Uh, because it's one of my favorite games of all time, and I'm really excited to talk to you about it. So earlier this week, uh, and we're, we're going to get into this in, in the main topic, right, is all the, the updates on kind of what's gone on with uh, the Microsoft Bethesda acquisition and some of the updates around there. So uh, slight spoilers for that that part of the show, but of course... Uh, you know, not to bury the lead, a bunch of new Bethesda games uh, recently came to Game Pass, one of which being the original Dishonored. Of course, Dishonored 2 was available on Game Pass, but not Dishonored proper. Uh, you downloaded it and tried it for the first time this week. I saw you tweet about it a little bit. Where are we at? How far so did you get? I've just left the sewer. I've met up with, I think, is Samuel. Okay. Samuel the Boatman. Yeah. Yeah. So I've just met him and that's where I've left it. So I've, I haven't got that far into the game. But oh, so you've done I've, almost nothing. I've, I've essentially done the training bit where I've escaped the yeah. prison and then it's taught me all the different things I can do. I was doing great in the prison. I stealthily took out most of the people. 
Uh, and and it tell, tells you at the beginning, like, there'll be more rats and stuff if you kill people. I had no idea what that meant. And then I got into the sewer and I was like, oh, okay, I don't really want lots of rats around because they, they kind of eat you and that's not very nice. Uh, and then I got into the sewer and I, I just fucked it up. And I just ended up going in all guns blazing in every situation. I just killed them all. And I don't think that was the right thing to do. And I think I'm going to try and go more stealthy on the next level. Because it gives you that score at the end of like your level yeah. score and stuff. And I was like, oh, I didn't do too great on this. Uh, but I, I, I'm I'm enjoying the game. Um, I, I don't think it's perfect by any means. And I think that some of the motion stuff could be the way the the character moves, I think, can be better. And I think if they took... Like, I think it needs a proper cover system. I think that's what I feel like I'm missing. The fact that I just sit behind something and then hold Y to peek around it. I wish I could just, like, mm. cover up against it. And if it had that, I think I would feel a lot safer in the environment. I but I think I that's think... probably part of the design. Like, they don't want you to ever feel safe. They always want you to feel a little bit exposed. I think, especially early in the game, yes, because you are so early, like, you haven't gotten any of the, like, you haven't met the outsider yet, right? No. Like, you don't have any powers? Nope. Right. So, like, that's a big thing in that game is that, um, you know, th there's this otherworldly presence uh, known as the, the uh, outsider who marks people. And if you're marked by the outsider, you then gain access to supernatural abilities. Um, and you have abilities like, uh, there's one called like dark vision that like lets you see through walls. Okay. Um, Cause that's the thing. Like I was like looking through keyholes and stuff and that's like the only thing I can do at the moment is, is just right. use what I can see. And so it really felt like I've got to look at the scene before I even go into it. And I have to hope that there's not someone hiding around a corner that's going to come and get me. And that's one of the situations I entered into in the sewer I went into the sewer. I thought I took out the one guy quietly and I, there's no way I could have seen the other one that was stood around the corner and he saw me take this guy out. And so then all of a sudden, like three or four other guys were coming at me and I was just having yeah. to attack him with my shit, with my sword. And that's not how I wanted to play that level, but it's good to know that I don't necessarily have to, if I've got these skills, I'm going to be unlocking. Yeah. And to me that, that risk reward is, is like really where the magic of Dishonored comes in. Like I, like obviously the ability to tackle the game any way that you want, like you can play the game totally non-lethally or you can murder every single person you come across. And both of those are viable strategies. Um, and the game doesn't really tell you how to play. Like the ending will be like, you know, quote unquote bad if you do all the bad guy stuff. But like, if you don't, care about that that's fine you know like that's not like a worse ending like it's not as narratively satisfying it's just oh the world ends up a little shittier oh well um but uh what is cool about it right is like once you have that full tool set it kind of ends up becoming a lot more like a like breath of the wild where like you essentially are like you're in a sandbox and you have all these abilities and you can think your way out of whatever problem you're into right and like you know i remember um there's a mission you'll get to later uh, where you're you're in this um, this this mansion kind of setting and there's guards all over the place and there's like different levels. So it's really easy to um, kind of quickly go from floor to floor in certain parts of the building. And I remember, you know, I'm, I'm playing stealthily and I was like it, trying to not get caught by anybody. And I was in a situation where 
I, I'm in this room. I jump down. There's one guy in the room by himself, and I, I kill him, and I hide the body. And then as I'm hiding the body, another guy comes in, and I turn around, and like as soon as he comes in, I hear that the door opens. I slow time. I turn around. I possess him. And then I go and walk and, and climb out the window and, and kill him. Uh, and then I just teleported back upstairs into the next room and both of them are taken out. Okay, see, that sounds insane. Like, at the moment, I just I feel a little bit like the game's boring at the moment. It's kind of just walking through just a standard, like, attack with a sword or shoot if you want. And... I didn't really see what was special about it yet, but I guess there's a there's a hell of a lot to come by the sounds of it, and I think it's yeah. gonna, I think it's gonna click. But it's unusual to have a game like that. Usually, with a game like this, where there is all that cool shit, they do that really annoying game tro- uh, trope, which I can I kind of respect the fact that they haven't done it, which is wow, look how great and cool you are with all of your awesome skills, and then somehow you lose them. And you've got to get them back. Yep. But it sucks you in immediately because you know, oh, these are what all my skills are. And there's tons of games. Like the original Metroid was like that, right? You had all yeah. those skills and then they take them away and you have to slowly get them back in order to complete the game. Uh, whereas it sounds like Dishonored is the inverse of that. You've got nothing and then at some point you will acquire these skills. Do you get them all yeah. at once or is it like... Um, no, uh, you you unlock the you unlock your powers all at once, and then the way that it works is there are these collectibles on every level called runes um, that are just like scattered around the level, and you have to find them, and then you exchange those to level up your character. So you get to choose what powers you want and how and like if you get one and you really like it they can be upgraded further and like so like there are some where like um like what's a good example of one um oh like here's a basic one right like one of them is like the teleport it's called blink right and then the upgraded version is you can go farther you know okay. um but then there's like some where it'll be like you know uh you have this ability and then you can upgrade it in this specific way where like it will um like one of the things you can do if you want to play stealthy there's an ability you can get and then upgrade i think where whenever you kill somebody uh and they don't if they don't see you if you like stealth kill somebody their body just disappears oh that's Um, cool so there's a lot of things where you can like customize the way that you want to play and like if you want to play like more aggressive there's like an ability where like every time you kill somebody with your sword you get health back you know, and like things like that. Um, so you can really tailor it to how you want to play. And I think the reason that, um, you know, it it starts slow and builds in that way is because like there are so many ways you can build out your character and ways that you can address it that like, you know, you start from this very weak, vulnerable position and then you feel like a god, you know? Well, that's how I feel at the moment. That's why I said I really wanted that cover system because everywhere I am, and in the prison, it makes sense. You know, you're trying to escape a prison. Of course, you wouldn't have any any skills or weapons or anything. Yeah. But just being able to just crouch behind a table and hope that they don't see me rather than a proper cover system where I know if I'm undercover they're not going to find me which is that would make it too easy yeah it would it it would make it too easy and that's the thing is like 
part of the game is is like that risk reward of like oh like if if you can get away with being stealthy there's all these advantages but like if you get caught you're caught what are you gonna do you know and like there's so many things you can do whether it's kill the person whether it's knock them unconscious whether it's possess them whether it's turn into a rat and go run down a hallway yeah, okay like, that's cool <laughs> you know um, you know in, in many ways though this game reminds me a lot of hitman in that regard it is that those two options you get and if you do get caught in hitman you've basically got two options it's load the game and try again or shoot your way out of it and try and get right. to safety and then change your outfit obviously you don't change your outfit in this game but it really does feel like a very similar gameplay mechanic i mean that's the thing right well i remember when you and i were talking about hitman 3 earlier this year and we were i was talking about how i wanted to get into it um i think it's uh obviously the hitman franchise as a whole uh predates dishonored but the modern hitman trilogy um i've heard a lot of people be like it has a lot in common with dishonored and it, yeah, you can you can definitely tell that. Uh, but so far, uh, I'm enjoying the game. Uh, the level design seems fantastic, and I can already tell. I think I'm probably going to end up going back to some of the levels I've done and try and beat them a little bit, um, a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, I may end up getting to the end of this game and just be like, no, I'm just ready for some more Dishonored, and I'm go play Dishonored too. The, I mean, that's the, the thing is. I, that would be great. Like I, either way, I think you'll be happy. And I, my thing with Dishonored is, you know, I it was my game of the year in 2012 when it came out or 2011, whenever it was. Um, I've played it five times wow. since then. It's a game I go back to like every couple of years because I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm in the mood for Dishonored, and then I just beat it again. You know, because it's you not think you'll that go back long. to it again now. I probably will. I mean, I, I with almost... some of the upgrades they announced are coming. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Th- there's uh, going to be a 60 FPS patch coming, um, and that's the thing is, yeah, like I, I probably will play it again. Like I almost played it again recently, but then I, I replayed two, um, which I talked about here. I didn't finish my replay of it yet. I'll probably go back and and polish that off, but because uh, that I only beat the first time, um, and there are actually two different campaigns in that one, which is cool. Um, so yeah, I I mean I just I love that series so much. It's one of my favorites of all time, and like I think it's really underrated, uh, especially when it comes to to level design. Like I I I don't think that there is a AAA game in the last like twenty years for my money that that really does level design as well. Oh, as you Dishonored. need to check out Hitman. Like the, I want some to. of the levels really in do. Hitman. The, you at first glance, like some of the levels in Hitman, it's just like oh, this is super basic. And it's so simple and you think everything's out in the open. And then all of a sudden you'll open a door and it'll be like, holy shit, I had no idea all of this stuff was here. And it's mm-hmm. just like these intricate tunnels and ways to, to go through. And there's a fantastic Noclip documentary, um, youtube.com slash Noclip, about how they designed the levels. And there's I really always, have to watch that. There's always a way out. They've uh, the the level designer who they interview was talking about how they designed it like Swiss cheese. How there's always another exit in every single room, and once you know that, you can really kind of figure out a way uh, a way out. Like if you get caught, you know there's a window you can jump out, or there's another door, yep. or you can hide in a cupboard. There's always something. Yeah, I mean, if you like that, just keep playing, dude. Like you'll fall in love with that aspect of Dishonored. My favorite level in Dishonored is uh, this one where you you go to a, a party. There's like a it's like a 
like a dinner party kind of thing. Um, and it's like this super, super awesome setup where there's these like three sisters who um, one of them is your target, but you don't know which one it is and it changes every time. So every time you replay the game, it's a different one of them. Oh, that's so you cool. Have to... You know, that reminds me so much of that level in Skyrim. Did you ever play that one where you go to like the, the party and, and it's essentially the film Clue and someone at the party, you, is yeah, murdering yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. there? I love that uh-huh. level so much. Um, is that different every time though? No, you just got to kill everyone. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that that's a thing I love about it. Like it's different every time and um and like to get into the the party there's like there's i swear to god there's like probably like 20 different ways you can yes yeah i love that and that again Um, feels so so much like hitman the first level of hitman 2 there's so many differing things that change every single time and it was driving macaulay insane uh, because you can prepare to and like poison her drink before she does it but one time she might have sugar the next time she might go, no, I want honey with my tea. The next time she might not have either. <laughs> and so you, you really have to like figure out cover your bases and, and cover all of your bases. Yeah. Cause otherwise you may not end up being able to poison her how, exactly how you planned. That's so funny. Yeah. And it, uh, I mean, and obviously like, you know, d- the original dishonored is like almost 20 years old or not 20 years old. That's ridiculous. 10 years old. Um, so like, you know, it's certainly in some ways it's going to show its age, but I think it, I think it holds up remarkably well for how old it is. Um, was it, uh, uh originally like Xbox 360 era game? Then? Yeah. It was like kind of the end of that generation. Okay. So yeah, cause I'm playing the remastered version. So it came out in 2012. Yeah. So yeah, it's nine years old this year. Right. And, so, uh, oh, no Cara clip actually is a it. great documentary about Dishonored and I mean, it's about Arcane in general, but there's a ton about Dishonored in it. Um, I yeah, I love Dishonored. I'm really excited that you're playing it, and I'm excited to keep talking about it with you. Um, I kind of wish we were streaming it. Like, I want to watch you play it <laughs> and like we see can how stream you... it sometime. Yeah, I'm yeah. up for streaming it sometime. The problem is, I just want to keep playing it. Like after this, yeah, I want to yeah. go and play Dishonored. So I'm not, it's not one of those games I can hold and wait off to stream. But no. I, I'm up for streaming some Hitman if you want to see how that plays at some point. That'd be cool. Yeah. We'll figure it out. I, I, I really do want to get into Hitman at some point. Um, I think I'm just waiting for like the right sale, you know? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I am really excited to keep uh, hearing about your your progress with Dishonored over the next couple of weeks. So we'll 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 have to keep up with that one. I'm glad you're enjoying it because um, I was afraid that you were going to be like, yeah, no, it's pretty cool. I just I don't know if I'm going to keep playing because like, I feel like that's what happens every time you play a game I really want to talk to you about. <laughs> <laughs> like, like what? What other game? Oh, I guess um, Fire like Emblem. Fire Emblem. Yeah. Persona 5. Uh, okay. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty bad at that. You start them and you get like, oh, yeah, I played the t- I played the first 10 minutes. It's, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's let's jump into the news. Uh there one item on the news list this week before we get into like the main topic of it all, um, which is Square Enix has announced, um, you know, essentially like a whole new delivery platform for news. It's it's called Square Enix Presents. Uh, they the way they've described it is Square Enix Presents Spring Twenty Twenty One, right? Which I guess i'm glad that they're they're bringing spring in because i'm kind of sick of winter at this point so if square enix is is 
the ones delivering spring, then I'll be very happy. Spring's our time. See, I'm. I was kind of thinking that this would be like they would do it quarterly. You know, me and too. Like, yeah, it feels like this is their direct. Yes, um, and and it would make sense that the next one's around June time, around mm-hmm. when E three would have been. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, so the the headline of this and why we're talking about it is that um, they have announced ahead of time that they're going to be uh, having the world premiere of the next Life is Strange game. Um, and they have teased that it's going to have a uh, new cast, new power, and new story. So keeping up, you know, I guess with the format, you know, that has been established with Life is Strange 1 to 2, uh, where, you know, 3 will just be a whole new thing, you know, with no connection to uh, to the established casts. Um, obviously, I'm a huge Life is Strange fan. Um, we don't, I don't get to talk about it too much on this show, but it's definitely come up. No, um, and I, I saw earlier you were saying you really wanted to stream this, yeah. but I actually want to get you not to stream it so I can stream it and you can. Okay. You can watch me make the choices. Yeah, that works. Have okay. you played them? Nope, never. Oh, Stephen. Oh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I want you to experience them for the first time on stream, though. Oh yeah, because I'll be there chatting and talking with people. We'll have to talk about it. We'll have to talk yeah. about it. I, I, I'm also excited though about a couple of things in the also featuring. Yeah, yeah. What? So uh, they said that they're also going to be featuring Outriders, which is that new looter shooter that they have from uh, People Can Fly. Uh, Marvel's Avengers, Tomb Raider 25th Anniversary, uh, New Square Enix Montreal Games, Just Cause Mobile, and then Balan Wonderland. I'm very excited about this Tomb Raider's 25th Anniversary, and I didn't actually realize it was happening this year. But that gives me pause that maybe I might just get my to- my Lara Croft Smash Fighter at some point, and it can coincide with, uh, with Tomb Raider's 25th Anniversary. It's not going to happen. Wishful but, you know, thinking, I, can, I think. I can hope. A man can dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I gotta say, looking at the rest of this, I have a feeling people are gonna be disappointed. I feel like I feel like the Life is Strange announcement is gonna be hype because it's gonna be like significant new news. Um, and I worth pointing out, this is the first game in the franchise that's not gonna be made by. I guess that's not true because Deck Nine made the Chloe spinoff, but this is gonna not be made by Don't Nod, um, which you know. They're the team that did one and two, so that's pretty significant. And was that know, by don't the... don't nod's choice, or did Square Enix decide to take the IP away from them? So I believe it was by don't nod's choice, because if you'll recall, a couple of weeks ago there was that news that they had gotten an injection of capital from um, uh, the giant Chinese company Tencent. Tencent. Yeah, they had gotten an injection of capital from Tencent and that their their intent was to reinvest it in developing new IP and self-publishing games and publishing other people's games. Um, so I think they're trying to move away from doing work for hire and contract stuff. And like obviously, um, them doing Life is Strange is what saved the studio and everything. But I'm sure the fact that they don't own you know, their most successful IP is probably the primary motivator for that. Do they own the the one that they brought out last year? I can't remember the name of it that you were raving Tell about. Tell me why. Mm-hmm. I believe they do own that. I believe that they did that through uh, ID at Xbox, which is where okay. Xbox publishes it, but they don't retain the IP. Yeah, which was how uh, Cuphead 
got made. Yeah. And Ori. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it was in under that same system. Um, you know, listeners, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, so I believe they own that one now. Although I can't imagine they'd go back to that. That story was like pretty. No, but I mean, it's that's the kind of thing that they will be developing. Right. I would imagine they just want to keep making new stories with new characters mm-hmm. that they yeah. own rather than yeah. Square Enix owns. Which is a it's it's a bummer. Like I'm sad that they can't continue with life is strange because like i think what they did with life is strange 2 was fantastic and for how much i love the original and how much i i love the characters of um of like max and chloe and and their supporting you know um cast in arcadia bay and everything like what they what they did with um with the cast in 2 with uh with sean and i can't remember his brother's name but um it it felt as significant and and like bigger and and grander than what they did in the first one and while they can obviously do that with a new ip um you know i don't think they have another ip that has has connected as well or that they've done as as strong a job with um and as much as i like to tell me why like it it didn't leave as much of an impression on me as life is strange did um and i think that's true of of all of their other titles so um i'm super excited to see what's next from them but i i do wish that they were working on this um, but that said, that's just because of, of your like taste and story or your affinity to the characters that, that tell me why, or do you just think it's an objectively worse game than life is strange with tell me why? Yeah. Um, like, I just, don't, what was I, in it that, that you didn't gel with as much as you did with life is strange? I don't think that tell me why was long enough. Okay. Um, and it, it, that's not even to say that I wish it was longer. Like I think it was the appropriate length. I just think it was it was a smaller story and it was one that I I definitely really connected with emotionally, but it wasn't as personal to me because I think like when I think about like what I connected with about Life is Strange, you know, like obviously um like I'm a I'm a a man and the the lead character is a woman, but like the feelings of like you know, um, being like a young kid and being unsure of yourself and, and like trying to reconnect with an old friend and, you know, like emotional weight of, of like not being the best version of yourself that you can be and all those sorts of things are like way, way more universal. Whereas like with tell me why, um, it's, it's primarily a family drama and while I could definitely connect with elements of it, like particularly with like having like a parent who's mentally ill, um, the the way in which it it plays out and the fact that like a core tenant of it tenant tenant of the story is like a connection with a sibling. Um, that's I'm an only child, so that was something that like wasn't as personal to me. Whereas like Life is Strange is very much about having like a it's about a very close friendship, and like that's more relatable to me. Um, and then obviously I really praise tell me why, um, for its, for its trans narrative. But again, that's something that is like not going to be as personal to me. It's just a really good story. Um, so I wouldn't say that it's like objectively worse. I just think that it, it didn't, it didn't hit me as hard, you know, but I, I would say if you asked me what is the best don't nod game that isn't life is strange, I, that would be my number one answer in a heartbeat. Okay. 
But I'd imagine if, say, you're a trans person or you're someone who does have like that emotional connection to a sibling, then maybe that story hits you more than Life is Strange would, which is you know, about friendship and stuff. So, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I, I, I haven't played either. I'm interested to play them. They They are my kind of games. And I think I'll probably start with Tell Me Why, if I'm honest, just because it's a smaller, more bite-sized thing. I'll probably play in one sitting rather than episodically, because I think it's like, what, four hours? Mm, it's more like six, probably. So maybe two sittings. Yeah. I played it in three. I did each episode in one sitting. But whereas Life is Strange, I would definitely have to split it up a lot more, because there's just so much of it. There's two yeah. whole games. Oh, and that's true, too. Like, it's interesting, right? Because now that you have me thinking about it, like... Because I also think Life is Strange 2 is better than Tell Me Why. And I, and Life is Strange 2 is about siblings and is more about uh, race. And it's, again, it's about things that are, are not as close to uh, where the original hit me at home. But that I also really, really connected with. And I think, again, it was just because it, it's longer and it, you have more time uh, with the characters and they, they go further, right? Like the events of Tell Me Why are like oh, like a week. You know, whereas like Life is Strange okay. and Life is Strange 2 like feel like more significant chapters of the characters' um, lives, whereas like Tell Me Why very much feels like them kind of like going home, you know, it's it's like it's kind of like closing the door on a chapter in those characters' lives rather than the totality of a chapter, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I think that's kind of like comparing a TV series to a movie then. It sure. feels like um, Tell Me Why is maybe a, a long movie, whereas Life is Strange is probably like a TV series. And you do get that connection a lot more with the TV series. I know I do, especially if series you've been watching for a number of years. And at yeah. this point, that's kind of what Life is Strange feels like. It feels like this third game is like the third series of a TV series. I'm really excited to see what the future of it is and like who's working on it and and all that stuff. Um cuz yeah, I mean even even though it's not don't not like I'm I'm in, you know, like I Deck 9 um did a great job with the Chloe spin-off, so if if they're the ones at the helm for 3, uh I'm all I, about I would imagine so. The, they did the Captain thingy one, right? Mm, no, I think Captain Spirit was also don't nod. Um, oh, okay. They they did the Chloe spinoff, which um, I forget what it's called. I'm looking up Captain Spear real quick just to confirm that is made by Don't Nod. Yeah, yeah. The only one that they did is I got to find the name because now it's it's like right it's on the my tongue. Yeah, it's gonna just drive <laughs> me nuts if I don't if I don't look it up. Um. Oh, come on now. Someone's screaming it right now. Just I know, I know. It's like, it's so frustrating, especially because of co- before the storm, that's what it's called. Before the storm. There we go. Um, Yeah, anyway. I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where this one goes. But, uh, all right, so let's jump into the main topic. So as we teased uh, at, the, at the top, um, we are going to, of course, be talking about everything going on uh, with the Microsoft Bethesda acquisition 
and um and kind of now now that the dust is settled where we stand with it right so um of course uh you know just to give you a quick recap right a few months ago uh microsoft announced their acquisition of bethesda for 7.5 billion dollars uh making it i believe the largest video game acquisition in history um a long mile yeah and uh of course um bethesda and and Microsoft both being international companies, um, that was something that needed to be approved by like multiple government bodies, and it was something that even though it was announced, it really hadn't actually been official yet. It could have been stopped uh, quite easily. And Phil Spencer actually made that very clear yesterday on the roundtable uh, that they did, um, which was to say that up until this week, they had not made any decisions. Microsoft weren't allowed to know what. Bethesda were doing, and Bethesda weren't allowed to know what Microsoft's plans were in terms of day one plans when they got acquired. Right. So the the last kind of holdout for that was the was the European Union, um, and that that has been finally approved this past week. So Zenimax has officially joined uh, the Xbox stable of studios. Um, so, and again, just to give you a quick recap, it's been a while since the news first dropped, right? Zenimax will be operating uh, independently, so they're part of the Xbox family, but not technically part of Xbox Game Studios. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, there won't be, like, new oversight from Xbox. They're essentially going to be kind of operating as, like, an imprint, you know, or, like, a sub subdivision. Um, so the kind of existing infrastructure of Zenimax should be largely... Uh, the same as, as what we've known, at least for the time being. Uh, and then kind of the thing that, you know, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you kind of saw making the rounds on social media was that there are 20 new Bethesda games that dropped on Game Pass uh, right away um, after the resolution of this. And that includes some pretty heavy hitters that hadn't been there uh, before, including, um, like we said, Dishonored. Uh, but also, uh, I believe Oblivion hadn't been on before, right? And that's there it now. It was on. It it got removed. Fallout Four was on. It got removed. That's back. Um, all of the, the Doom games are all on there now. From, and it's the right deluxe the edition Doom. of Fallout Four and Skyrim, right? Are both are yeah, both there? But of uh, the it's yeah, so it's the remastered one of Skyrim, um, the special edition. Uh, but Oblivion doesn't include any DLC, like any game on Game Pass. No DLC is included with any of the games. Uh, but yeah, every Bethesda game you can think of is on there. All the Wolfenstein games were on there from Machine Games. Everything's there. Yeah, yeah. So quite quite an addition. Um, and then, uh, as we also kind of tease at the, at the top, um, there are a number of Bethesda games that are set to get um, a benefit of the uh, the frame rate boost uh, tech that you know had to kind of been making the rounds recently from Xbox. So we'll be getting 60 FPS versions of uh, Skyrim, Dishonored, Fallout 4, uh, and I, th- I think a few other games are planned as well. Um, those obviously kind of being the the heavy hitters there. Um, so obviously, you know, that's all big news. I, I don't really feel like there's much else for us to, excuse me, uh, to comment on that side of things. We kind of talked about the story when it was new news. And, you know, obviously, uh, if you're new here, I guess I can quickly restate my position on it. And then you can, Steve, where it's like, this is great for consumers, right? Like the acquisition is something that clearly benefits you if you're an Xbox gamer and you own Game Pass. It exceptionally increases the value of Game Pass. Um, But I know 
I don't look at this as something to celebrate, as as a lot of gamers are, just because continued media consolidation is something that I find to be really concerning. Um, it's you know been a plague on plenty of other industries, and uh, until recently, it kind of seemed as if gaming was relatively immune to it. Um, and it seems as though moving into this generation, the name of the game is going to be buying and consolidating and trying to amass IP and all these things that are not yeah. great for the health of the industry. Well, I mean, even before Microsoft bought ZeniMax, ZeniMax was doing that same thing. They bought Machine Games. They bought id. They bought um, uh, Tango Arcane. Gameworks. Arcane. So they bought a lot of studios. So they were already... Yeah like consolidating things themselves and then yeah. microsoft just was like yeah hey, we'll have all of you um I, it gives me hope uh, that they're just allowing Cinemax to operate independently and that's probably partly to get past the regulators i don't think the regulators would have let them purchase Cinemax if it was a case of we're buying this company and we're essentially shutting it down and we're just taking yeah. all the studios i don't think they'd have uh, they'd have got past the european union with that one uh, but it seems to be that Zenimax is going to have like creative control over their studios, and they continue to manage them as they did previously, with Todd Howard at the top of uh, Bethesda Game Studios and things like that, uh, which is which I think is a good thing. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do have concerns, the same as you, that ultimately, you know, tomorrow Phil Spencer could leave, and then the next person decides we don't want to invest this much in our own studios and then shut them all down. That happened last time. You know, a, a huge number of studios that Microsoft owned, including one that was beloved by me, Ensemble Studios, the people behind Age of Empires, just got closed because the they didn't want to invest that much money in games anymore. I don't think that's going to happen this time around just because of how much Microsoft is putting in on games. But that's not to say it's not something to be concerned about. Yeah, and and also, you know, um, that that's a great opportunity to transition into the other part of this conversation, right? Which is, uh, you mentioned that there was this Xbox Bethesda roundtable that happened, um, you know, after the ac acquisition was kind of confirmed, where we had the leadership of these companies coming out, talking about the deal, talking about the future and, and what it looks like. And uh, Phil Spencer made a comment where he said that Bethesda games would be exclusive to, quote unquote, platforms where Game Pass exists. Uh and, you know, that is a jumping off point for a whole other conversation that we're going to get into in a minute here. But uh, it also speaks to, to this angle of, of the consolidation concerns, right? Is that, you know, seemingly, anyway, um, this publisher that used to be a pillar of the industry, right, in terms of releasing some of the best-selling games of all time, uh, being one of the companies that has a, a presence at E3 every year, all these things... Um, is now, you know, seemingly going to be producing exclusive content, um, which is a huge boon for Microsoft, but, you know, is obviously something that is hurtful to diversity of the industry, right? In the same way that, um, you know, to me, to me, like, I, you know, uh, if, if you follow me, you know, I also uh, am a co-host of a comic book podcast, right? And I can't help but um, have that, flashback to when disney acquired fox right and everybody's like yay the x-men can be in the mcu now and they don't think about the fact that now that one of the five companies that could make movies is now one of the four companies that can make movies mm -hmm. and that's where i'm concerned 
that's what I don't want to see, you know? And, and, you know, yeah, this is going to directly benefit me as a consumer. It's going to be great to get these games day one on Game Pass for fucking nothing. Um, but there's also the concern of, like, what does, what does that mean long term, right? Like, does that, does, do we get to a world where uh, these games have smaller budgets, because they don't make as much money as they used to. I don't um, think so. And and I watched that roundtable and Todd Howard was very excited about it. Uh, surprisingly so, because, you know, that guy never seems to be excited about anything. That's true. And, <laughs> and his view was we try, he tried making some games before that just never got commissioned because they were seen to be too experimental and they didn't know if it would sell. And so they just decided not to bother because they wanted to make things that sold and they know what sells. It's basically Skyrim or Skyrim with guns. And he wants, he, he seemingly sees Game Pass as a way to do that, that Microsoft don't care whether it sells or not, or as long as there's content to go on Game Pass, which he sees opens up creative options for them. And and I, I, I think that that's true, but the the fear right the concern that i'm expressing it comes back to that point you just made before yourself steve right where like yeah that's how they feel today but if five years from now game pass is still not uh as profitable as they want it to be maybe that conversation changes right because they look at the numbers and they're like oh you know well we invested you know uh, uh, uh for the sake of the argument right a hundred million dollars in making uh the next arcane game and oh you know only 30 percent of game pass subscribers downloaded it is that worth that much money should we give them that much money for their next game or is arcane worth running as a studio you know and like granted right now that's not a concern is that a concern five years from now is that a concern 10 years from now i don't know and there are a lot of people who will listen to me say that and think that that's alarmist, that I'm worrying about 10 years from now. That's an insane thing to do. Um, but. But those know. things would have rang true if Microsoft didn't buy Zenimax and it could have been that Zenimax was just like, you know what? These Dishonored games aren't selling anymore. Prey was a flop. Let's just close down Arcane. They could have done the exact same thing. Yeah, but that's that's different, though. Right. Because like it is like a thing of, OK, like if it if it's not selling and it's not sustainable, it's not sustainable. But like the 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 metric for success, I think, is higher with Game Pass because the cost of entry is lower. Right. Like yeah. you need more. The, there comes a point where eventually when you cross the threshold of how many subscribers Xbox really like wants to have where it becomes irrelevant. Right. Like where you're at some point you have enough people paying the 12 or 15 or whatever the fuck it is a month where it doesn't matter if the game, if anybody plays. And, it, and honestly, I really think that's where they're going to get to is like the Netflix approach. At some yeah. point, the amount of content you've got, it just looks like a better deal constantly. And the longer that content's on there the cheaper it is for you to run Game Pass. You know, there's, there, there's games on there that they didn't have to spend any money on other than the money they, they spent to acquire Zenimax. They're just on there now forever. 20 games, day one, they added to the library. And those are those are huge games. They're, they're not mm-hmm. like small indie titles. And 
it's like with Netflix. You can see as Netflix has grown, they've become less reliant on third-party content. It's all their own studios and the Netflix originals is the draw to it. And I think they saw the writing on the wall with Disney Plus when that was announced and stuff. Mm-hmm. That studios were taking their stuff off of Netflix. And I can see that same thing happening with Game Pass that eventually it will just be Xbox stuff, Xbox Game Studios and Zenimax on here. And that's all you get. Maybe some but indie titles. But that's enough because they've got so much. And maybe if you subscribe to Ultimate, you get EA Play added on top and you maybe get the Ubisoft Plus or whatever the other studios decide to do. Because I think that's the route everyone's going down. Is there's going to be multiple subscription services and you just subscribe to them and that's how you get your games in the future. Mm-hmm. And that's... And I want you to remember you said that. Put a pin in that because it's going to come up in our conversation later. Um, and, and I think you're probably right. I think that that is... I think that's the gamble that they're making, that that will work and that they will hit that threshold and that they just need to keep uh, improving the value prop and that eventually, you know, we, we hit that threshold. And and I, I'm pretty confident that they will hit it. Like, I bought an Xbox and I'm on Game Pass. Like, I'm in, right? Like, I believe in their vision. Well, and you already had a PC. You could have got Game Pass anyway. Right. And that's that's the, the thing. Like, I think a lot of people read into Phil Spencer's comment of where Game Pass exists as, oh, it's going to be coming to other places. It's already on three platforms. It's on Xbox, it's on PC, and it's on mobile. And you can play those games on those three platforms. But, I mean, I think he was kind of alluding to the fact that he wants it elsewhere, but he's he's openly said that. He wants Game Pass everywhere. That's what he sees as the future is of Microsoft and the future of Xbox. So, let's, let's jump in there. So, uh, we were debating this a little bit on Twitter this week, and we decided we'd bring the conversation here um, about, about kind of what that comment means right of platforms where game pass will exist and kind of i guess having the question of like what does this mean for the future of bethesda games on on non microsoft platforms so namely playstation and switch right um but but you could even extend that to like stadia and and you know where, wherever wherever triple a games go um and will game pass come to other platforms so i mean let's let's just dive in, right? Like, I think, what does this mean for the future of these games on those platforms? I think if you're taking what he says at face value, then it means that they're going to be they're going to be Game Pass exclusives. Um, yeah, that's that's what I think that means. Um, I, I mean, I I don't think they're only gonna be on Game Pass. I think you'll still be able to buy them, and you'll still be able to get them on Steam, and they'll still be purchasable, just like every other Microsoft Studio game is. But they're only on places where Game Pass is. I wonder if they will be on Steam or if they'll put them on the Xbox store, though. They're they're on both, most of their games. Like, you can go on Steam and you can buy Forza or Halo on Steam. You you can get the Master Chief Collection on Steam. They don't don't really care. You know, you're on a Windows computer and you've already paid them. Sure. And I guess whatever copy you have would probably still interact with the Microsoft app if you... The Xbox app. Yeah, Um, it does. It comes up with that Xbox overlay. There you go. So... So yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what it means, right? Like, I, I think that, I think that they will likely start to gate these games off and only put them on, you know, Xbox-friendly platforms. So the idea of them not coming to PlayStation at all, or not coming to Switch, or 
maybe coming to those platforms like a lot later or, you know, like maybe legacy content coming to those platforms is possible. But I, I think that's I think it's clear that that's what he means. And it, it it's tough because he said the opposite before. Right. Like he was he famously said this is not for us to get exclusive. Exclusives are dumb. We don't want to limit what games gamers can play and blah, 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 blah. And he said all that. And then now he's saying that he wants them to be exclusive to platforms where Game Pass exists. So those are two. And and I see that he is. I think I think he's honest with that. I don't think he likes exclusives necessarily. And I do think he wants content everywhere. You know, there's that PlayStation Studios MLB game coming to Xbox that he was like really excited to see that there's finally going to be a PlayStation Studio game on on Xbox. They put Minecraft on uh, every platform on the planet. Um, they're keeping like Elder Scrolls Online and every Zenimax Online Studios game that comes out, I would imagine, will be on multiple platforms. It would be stupid just to restrict it to one platform, especially a MMO. So I, I don't think he... he wasn't disingenuous then but i think they from the get-go plan to use this as a negotiation point with sony to get game pass on to the playstation i genuinely believe that's I what the goal believe, was i don't agree with that at all and i i genuinely think it's the craziest thing you've ever suggested that you think that that's like a legit like do i agree with you that they want that absolutely but like, there's no universe where that happens. Like, I don't think I don't. I just think- don't see why you think that because we've already had that discussion earlier, where eventually third-party games won't be on this. It will just be Xbox games, and then maybe you're just then you're just rejecting a single studio or a single publisher from putting their games service on your platform. They've already got EA Play and Ubisoft Plus, and I would imagine they're going to have multiple other ones from other publisher, other publishing partners they're in business with. So why not just have Xbox Game Studios and Bethesda game games on your on your platform in a subscription service? Because because I think I think it's because first of all, you're operating under the assumption that like that's that that shift from Game Pass being primarily you know third party and Microsoft and it's like about an even split to it being a hundred percent Microsoft stuff. If it's a hundred percent Microsoft stuff, that is a different conversation and I'll concede that, but I don't think that we're close to that. Do I think that that's like eventually going to be the system of game pass? Maybe, but even so, like even, even if you get to that point, um, I think that's a really huge ask from Sony, right? Like to, cause they, they didn't want, EA uh, play on their platform. No, and they, no, they didn't, didn't want and 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 that's that's the one thing I I really dislike about Sony's approach. They always seem very anti-consumer. They were like that with the cross-play thing with Fortnite. They had mm-hmm. to get bullied into it by Fortnite going, "Whoops, we accidentally turned it on. Totally didn't mean to, but really we did." And that just it sucks. I mean, that's the thing though, right? Like, I I, I don't think this is the same thing. Like, them not putting Xbox on PlayStation is not anti-consumer. Like, them doing that is anti-business. But to reject the subscription service in general is anti-consumer. And the fact that EA had to fight for it when it was already on Xbox and it was already on PC and and PlayStation was the holdout platform that didn't want to include EA Play. I don't don't think it's fair to lob... I mean, like... Maybe it is fair to say that's anti-consumer, but I don't think it's fair to criticize them for that. 
because like that's not their business model. Like their business model is selling games, right? They make hardware at a loss and then they make their money on like the sales they get from selling games and primarily third party games. You know, like the the first party stuff that they do is really to sell hardware, right? And to sweeten the pot on you getting in the PlayStation ecosystem. So like they I totally understand them not wanting to trade a a system that directly benefits like that's the model they make money on to be like, yeah, no, we'll take a smaller cut of your streaming service. Like that's not a good deal for them. If every publisher has a streaming service and all of a sudden everybody shifts to that model and is on some streaming service and getting them through their PlayStation, that kills PlayStation. Well, I mean, that's where they're at because you've but it's got not where the, they're at. probably the three biggest publishers in the world, Zenimax, EA, and Ubisoft all have a subscription service. And nobody uses them. Like game I don't pa- think it's fair to say nobody uses them. EA sucks because they don't put their games on day one. But if they started doing that at a more premium tier, people would subscribe to it. But they... Because why wouldn't you? Yeah, but but again, now you're getting into like like extreme hypotheticals. Like if they did that, if they did this, but they're not, right? Like right now, that service sucks shit. And that's why most people don't pay for it. And the most people who have it, have it, at least in my experience, right? I don't know anybody who subscribes to that that's not through Game Pass. And I know a lot of gamers, right? Like, and I'm, I'm including like even people I don't actually know but that I listen to their podcast or whatever. I've never met or heard of one person who subscribes to EA Play. And I'm no, sure see, they I exist. I know a few people. I know a few people that did jump on it when it came to Steam. Okay. As soon as it came to Steam, they were they were they were in on it because it was like, oh, this does seem like a pretty good deal. I can play the Jedi Fallen Order game on my PC. I can play um all of the the Battlefield games on my PC. Concede, fine. But like let's look at it this way, right? There are, I believe, 18 million game pass subscribers no other service like game pass has as many except for uh like sony's thing um the cloud i forget what it is ps now ps plus plus oh, P- playstation ps now yes plus see, that's, is the, so, that's so stupid they really need to consolidate branding. those too. they it's, really do yeah, it's the same like, it's, just make ps plus the one thing and or like call it PS Plus now, like yeah. the ultimate, the Game Pass Ultimate thing. Mm-hmm. You know, just consolidate them. It's the same problem service. that they have with gold, though. Like they shouldn't have gold anymore, and they try to get rid of it, and people were like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah. But anyway, um, I I think that uh, wait, sorry, we got where were we? Where we got we got three rabbit holes removed there. Eighteen million subscribers, <laughs> right? Eighteen million subscribers. No other one of those services has that many subscribers, and eighteen million is still not that much. Right, like it's it's a fraction of the number of gold subscriptions that they have. Um, which it is, is, but that's considerably more expensive because you know right. if they're like ten dollars a month, that's a hundred eighty million dollars a month you're bringing in. Yeah, that's well into like two point something billion a year. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, that's a lot of money. Like I'm not saying that Game Pass isn't making money. What my point is more that these other services are not as successful as Game Pass, and Game Pass is like just where it needs to be right mm-hmm. and oh, yeah sure all those services exist on playstation now but they're not the the amount that they're generating there is not as much as the price of full boxed games from those same publishers that come out at 70 dollars now 
And like that's a way better cut for PlayStation. And in reality, I think for them to be willing to put Game Pass on their platform, like any one of those third party games, that's pers- that's a lot of money that they could be losing. And like I think yeah, Microsoft would have to be willing it's to like Game Pass and you get a cut of these games versus these games not on your platform. Yeah, but so like, what? that's that's where you're giving up. It's like you're giving up these like I don't know, 50 Microsoft Studio games, including all the Bethesda Studio games now, not coming to your platform and not having any cut of that because you want to just sell box games. Yeah, but... That's the the, the, argument. But it's not the argument because like you're you're still operating under this idea that it's just those games and it's not just those games. It's also third-party games that you could buy on PlayStation that all of a sudden, why would you pay for them? And then, like that, that hurts PlayStation. But I think and- they could easily do that, though. Like that's that's how I would. That's I think that's going to be the negotiation strategy, right? The Game Pass on PlayStation is only Xbox Studio games, just like all the XCloud streaming stuff. I'm fairly sure those are all Microsoft Studios rather than indie games that stream. Mm, I'm not. I don't think that's true. You can stream. Like I remember, After Party was one of the games you could stream. Okay, fair enough. Um. Yeah, I just I think I think the idea of of them modifying it to be that only is like so much less likely than them just not coming to an agreement on it. Um I don't I don't see Xbox making that compromise and I don't see Sony wanting to make that compromise cuz ultimately I think all of the non Bethesda games are games that would not have ever been on PlayStation anyway. And let's be real, most of those games like how much do they matter? Like some of the new games coming from those studios could very well be big sellers, but like PlayStation doesn't need them. Like PlayStation has a number of big selling exclusives that don't come to Xbox and that's fine. Right. And like, don't get me wrong. That's a hell of a feather in Xbox's cap to be like, we're the only place you can play the elder Scrolls six. That's fine. PlayStation can, uh, can line up other exclusives and, and does and will, you know, um, yeah, I, I know, I know, I, I, but I just don't think. I, I think the Elder Scrolls Six and Starfield are going to be two things that people are going to be salty about, uh, and that's why I was kind of amazed at how everyone seemed to be very pro this when it was announced on Twitter that this went through this week. Yeah, everyone was like, "Oh yeah, let's have a big party. This is great," and they had like that little hashtag with the Xbox logo and the Bethesda logo like joining together, and it's it. No one really realized that this means that a huge percentage of gamers won't be able to play these games, and that does suck. It really does suck. But, but I mean, it's no different, really, to what Sony does with their exclusives. Right. And I know Sony's never purchased a huge publisher because they don't have the money to. But they have purchased studios, and they have stopped games being on other platforms. But then the, like you can even look at a Bethesda game, which is exclusive to PlayStation, sure. coming out like in two months' time, and, <laughs> and it's like that's cr- that's crazy. And to me, like that's all they really need to do. Like they can continue to make deals like that, where there will be exclusive titles to PlayStation, whether it's like a Persona Five or a, a uh, the one you just said, something shot. What is it? Deathloop. Deathloop. Way different. That's fine. <laughs> um, Deathloop, right, whatever, where you just make the deal to get it exclusive for some amount of time, plus their own internal studios and, and what have you. Um, and I think that that's fine. Like, 
we forget, I feel like, the, like again, like think about like the Xbox 360, PlayStation 3 generation. There were lots of games that were exclusive to those two platforms, and it was just how it went, you know? And like, oh, yeah, and, like GTA, uh, was it GTA 4 was exclusive to like Xbox, Xbox for, for a like while? a certain amount of time? Mass Effect yeah. and Dragon Age were both not on Final the other Fantasy platform. was like PlayStation. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it's like that's not unheard of. And like, don't get me wrong. Like, those games are a big deal. They sell a lot. They're they're juggernauts. Skyrim's one of the best selling games of all time. But at the end of the day, it's one game. And however many millions of units it's going to sell on on PlayStation is you know is is money lost or would have sold, I guess I should say, is money lost. But I think that that's way less of a risk for them than potentially opening up a future where you know, their direct competitor is making money off of their platform. They can't survive that. And, like, the reality is... I mean, I, their, their direct competitor already is, though, like, with Minecraft. That's such a huge game. It's not the same thing, though. on their platform. Like, that's one game. You know, it's one game, and, like, that is Xbox deciding that they want to publish, publish their IP on PlayStation's platform because PlayStation's platform is so ubiquitous that it would be silly for them to not publish it on there. If Xbox and came to Sony... And it was already Sony, their pre-acquisition. Yeah. If Xbox came to Sony and was like, hey, we want to publish Halo on, on PlayStation, they probably would be fine with that. Like, I think that would be a way different thing. If they wanted to publish and sell these games for $70 but be like but you could get them for 15 on game pass I don't think Sony would bat an eyelash at that but the idea of them being like yeah we're gonna let you download the Xbox game pass app on your PlayStation and never buy a PlayStation game ever because you can just play everything on game pass there's no fucking way they're gonna do that man and, and I, I think it would be foolish to do even so. if they're getting like 30% every single month if people aren't even buying like downloading anything I don't know. Like, like, I I think you have to have such a, a, a heavy number of users on your platform doing that for that to be worth it. That then it's like, mm-hmm. oh my god! Like a huge percent of 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 our users are here using an Xbox app on our ecosystem when we want them to be thinking of the PlayStation ecosystem, especially when you think about what the future of gaming looks like in five, ten years. Like, you know. It, maybe maybe longer right like if we start if we do start moving away from hardware if we do have a more app-based future like sony needs to have their own not be promoting microsoft's yeah they yeah they do and i think they're they're slowly working on it with playstation plus but it's still nowhere near where it needs to be that playstation plus collection doesn't come close to putting a chink in but you know what but you know what the reality is is it doesn't need to Right, like Sony, the reason Sony doesn't have an answer to Game Pass is that they don't need an answer to Game Pass. Game Pass was an answer to the fact that Xbox was in last place in a race that they had been in longer than Nintendo. Yeah, I I really just see the narrative changing this this generation. It's fascinating to me the the approaches are just so different, and yet the consoles are so similar. Uh, yeah, I it, it's interesting though to me, man, because I think that. I think that we as gamers really overestimate how much normal people care about the things that we care about. Like this this idea that like the narrative is totally going to flip is something I've never bought into because like and this is anecdotal but like you look at like like TikTok memes and like there's no shortage of of those jokes about like I'm trying to get a PS4. It's impossible to get a PS4. I, you know, I would marry my girlfriend if she got me a PS4. Or I'm saying PS4, and I mean a PS5, <laughs> um, because I think to so many people, they own a PS4. 
that was their de facto gaming console last gen and Xbox was a joke and they're thinking of yeah. the next thing is a PS5. It's not Game Pass. They don't even know what Game Pass is. Most people don't. You know, gamers know what Game Pass is, but like my average gamer friends that own a PS4 and buy three or four games a year and play the shit out of them, like they don't know what Game Pass is. And like they might be able to be sold on it, but what they want is a PS5. What they want is Miles Morales, is Horizon 2, is God of War 2. Those are the things they care about. And Xbox has a total opportunity to change that narrative. Game Pass is incredible. They have a huge slate of studios with a ton of really exciting games on the horizon. But those are all unproven. Those games could suck. Right? Halo Infinite could they suck. They could. I, I mean, I think it's unlikely that Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6 are going to suck. I agree I with they're that. they're probably going to be pretty good. But, like, again, it's like you look at, like, Fallout 4 and, like, how's the narrative around Fallout 4 now a few years removed versus the conversation around, like, Fallout 3 and New Vegas a few years removed or, like, Skyrim mm-hmm. a few years removed. And, like, we don't know. That's all I'm saying, right? Any of these games could come out and underperform and not... It's fascinating. It really is. And... And it's just there's even more to the story though. Like watching that roundtable, the fact that Elder Scrolls Online has 18 million concurrent players every single day. It's crazy, which is insane. It's a lot. And the Microsoft sees id Tech as their future engine for other games and other game studios. Dude, and they now own that. When I saw that, I was like, like, can you ima- can you imagine? Oh my god. <laughs> Like, get Halo on the id engine. Let's go. I know. It would look so good. (laughs) Fuck. And that's always so smooth at 60 frames a second. Those those, uh, Doom and Wolfenstein games, man, they feel great. Those, they know how to fucking make a shooter. That's for goddamn sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? It's like, for all the things that I, uh, that this uh, gives me pause about and, like, it it is what it is, like, there's going to be really cool shit that comes out of it. That's for sure. The exchange of technology and resources between these these companies is going to be fucking wild. And like, you know, the idea that we could get like a new Vegas too, you know, like things like that. It's like, yeah, whatever, man. Like the, it feels like, uh, uh, like the floodgates are open kind of moment. And it's so exciting to think about what the next five, 10 years do really look like for Xbox. Um, I think it's the most exciting time to be an Xbox fan since the 360. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, Xbox One was horrendous, and they even closed that era this week—the TV era of Xbox—by taking the one guide off of the system, so you can no longer get your TV listings through Xbox. Not that I know <laughs> anyone that did that. Yeah, so I mean, we'll have to see. Uh, I I am pretty confident to say that I do not think Game Pass will be coming to PlayStation uh, or Nintendo. Even though I think Nintendo will probably be a little more. It's likely. coming to Nintendo. It's in my predictions. This is happening. I'll give you. That's way more likely. I think that's way, way more likely. Um, oh yeah, and it's just going to be streaming only on Nintendo, right? Hundred percent. Uh, like, and why not? Because you know? most of those games would never come to a Nintendo platform. No, anymore. they never would. So it that that narrative makes so much more sense to me. You want to push me on that one? I'll, I'll give it to you. That can totally happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think PlayStation will ever fucking budge on this one um and i'll eat i'll yeah i'll eat my hat if i'm unless they get put way in last place and the playstation stops selling because xbox gets like ridiculously far ahead because of game pass yeah then i can maybe see it i think for me though i i would still see them push forward with a competitor before they would 
acquiesce, yeah. I think, personally. Um, I think if they make that kind of move, it's because they're in like a dire strait and like they're moving into a world where hardware is not a thing that they can do anymore. Um, but I don't, I don't think that's happening. Um, you can't, you literally can't get a PlayStation Five. So I think that bodes well for the future I, yeah. of that platform. I think that's partially because they just can't make them there. Right, but it's also like the fact that it um that there is such high demand for it and there's really nothing on it speaks volumes about mm-hmm. the excitement for that platform. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we'll see. <laughs> uh but let us know what you guys think about this one. It's an interesting debate. Uh definitely would love to hear some more opinions on this one. So of course if you want to uh write in with your thoughts on this or anything else we discussed this week, you can hit me up at Pete at Lupots.com. Go join us on the Discord and uh jump in the podcast channel where you can get your thoughts uh written in for our mail pot segment over there. Um, or if we remember when we put up a weekly Twitter thread uh, where you can also weigh in. So, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you in any of those ways. Um, let us know how you feel about all this news. How do you feel about the acquisition? What do you think the future of Bethesda titles are and 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 Game Pass as a whole? And, like, I guess the streaming future. Um, yeah, so, of course, uh, remember, if you want to get some more from us, head over to LootPots, or patreon.com slash LootPots, where for a buck you can uh, keep the conversation rolling with this week's After Dark, where we talk about uh, music and stuff. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, best way to show your support and get a little bit extra from us. And then, of course, head over to the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash LootPots, uh, where we'll be back this week with some more sweet, sweet streaming. Uh, so with that, we've been the podcast. We'll catch you next week. Take it easy.